you mention it, I did hear a strange ticking. So the lady waved Amy off with several more entreaties to enjoy. All about her, squabbling families were gathered round overladen trolleys. Businessmen and women pushed through them, moving unnaturally fast, as if their mechanisms had jammed on the wrong setting. Amy glanced at her watch. A whole hour and a half until takeoff. A week ago, she would have been beside herself at the prospect of all these duty-free shops to browse in and the free champagne and canapes waiting for her in the lounge. Now all she wanted was to find an empty toilet cubicle and hide. You're going to drink champagne, she told herself, because it's your honeymoon. Then she headed straight for the ladies, found an empty cubicle, sat down and cried. Can't go. I can't. She moaned softly. Someone knocked on the door. You all right in there? Whoever it was sounded more outraged than sympathetic. Oh, fine, thanks, Amy shouted over shrilly. Just got uh, something in my eye. She didn't have to go. She could go back to the Heathrow Express, get on a train and be home again in an hour and a half. She could hole up there, ordering in meals, growing her hair down to her ankles and spending the rest of her life like a Howard Hughes recluse. Except she couldn't, because in two weeks she'd have to return to work or she'd lose her job, and then she wouldn't be able to pay the mortgage and she'd be homeless. And anyway, Doug still lived there. Her phone began ringing. Snuffling, she snatched it again from her bag. It would be him. It had to be. But, oh no, Mum and Dad. She'd better answer it, she supposed. They were having a tough enough time without her disappearing. Hello? Amy? Came two voices in stereo. How are you, sweetie? Where are you? Are you with Doug? What's going on, sweetie? I'm at the airport. The airport? Dad exclaimed as Mum asked... What on earth are you doing there? Uh, I'm going on honeymoon. On honeymoon? Mum gasped as Dad interrupted. But Amy, you're not married. Well, you and Doug made it up? Her mother sounded so hopeful Amy couldn't bear it. Um, her tone changed from anxious to suspicious. You haven't gone and got married behind our backs, have you? Her father chipped in, Oh, Amy, you know how much I wanted to walk you up the aisle. No, don't worry, there hasn't been a wedding. I just need to get away for a bit. But Amy, love, said Mum, sounding utterly bewildered, I don't understand. Aren't you going to tell us what happened? Granny's so upset. You know how much she loves her knees up. Amy couldn't stand this conversation. Her family had always wanted so much for her. She hated to let them down. Not now, Mum. My flight's being called. I'll be in touch. Bye. She sat for a minute on the loose seat, listening to the chatter of other travellers. So I need to buy some deodorant. Hurry up, we must get some euros before we board. Hi, sorry, signal's terrible. Yeah, yeah, I'm on my way to Zurich. No, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, meeting, I know, boring as shit, but it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Inhaling deeply, Amy stood up. Her legs felt as if they were full of San Pellegrino. She unlocked the door. Even though she hadn't peed, she went to the basin and washed her hands like the conscientious doctor she was. Puffy eyes stared back at her from the mirror, under perfectly plucked brows and navy-tinted lashes. She'd been so organised, 
getting them done a week in advance in case of any allergic reaction, just like Bride's magazine advised. It's got to be done, she said aloud this time, making the woman standing next to her in a head-to-toe hijab jump. Then she walked out of the toilets, pushed her way through a gaggle of noisy Lithuanian pensioners on their way home after a cultural exchange, and followed the signs to departures. Chapter 2 The plane took off on time. As Amy sat in her padded club world seat, gazing numbly out at the clouds, she thought back to where she'd been 24 hours earlier. She should have been in the registry office, exchanging rings and vows. Instead, she had been in a dressing gown, slumped on her friend Gabby's sofa in her living room in Balham, clutching a gin and tonic and weeping. Gabby was Amy's best friend. They had met when they were living next door to each other in halls at Edinburgh University.